We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's your true faith, Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle United have beaten Aston Villa by one goal to nil. Alex Hurst here. I've got Emil Franchi, Ben Wade and Norman Reilly to talk to you about it all. And yes, it feels so good, doesn't it? Winning three games in a row, being outside the relegation zone, four points clear of 17th with a game in hand, six points clear of Norwich and fucking loads of points ahead of Burnley, but who cares about them? It's an absolutely fantastic feeling and we're going to share it all with you today. Of course, my usual message at the start of the show, £6.60 a month to join us on Patreon. It keeps this show going. There's nearly 650 people now have joined us on that platform to hear lots more of this kind of thing. If you like what we do, I'd urge you to join Three wins in a row. If you can't join now, maybe you can join next season with my class. But for this season, is it going to get any better than this? Well, we'll talk about it in this show. Emil, my friend, you left St. James's Park yesterday after beating Aston Villa 1-0. How were you feeling? It was brilliant. It was just unbelievable that we actually managed to put two wins together. I know that we joke about it a lot of the time, but you almost forget what that feels like when you go that long. Uh, you know, the, the dry spells of Newcastle United, uh, there's, there's nothing worse. Uh, it happens far too often, but it genuinely feels like we aren't looking over our shoulders anymore. Like you say, we are looking up. We are moving forwards. I don't actually think that Eddie Howe classes this as a relegation battle anymore. He wants to see it as a, a great escape where we can actually take a few more scalps on the way. No, no fear from us. Uh, even a, a resurgence Aston Villa is, isn't going to keep us down. It was brilliant to beat them as well. I know a lot of people at True Faith are, are delighted with that too, as much as the fans were. Um, it's just immense and it doesn't get any better than this. Absolutely spot on. It was an incredible feeling. Absolutely devastated not to have been there, having, you know, felt the highs of the Everton game. I knew yesterday we were going to win. I just knew it's the first time in a long time this week where I've gone in both games and thought we're going to win. And what it was reminiscent of was under Benitez when Almiron signed that week that we did Huddersfield on the Saturday in Burnley midweek. The optimism that those two wins engendered almost soars through with the rest of the season. I just thought at that point back then, we're staying up definitely. And even though we were in a slightly better position than we are now in terms of where we are on the table, but also the gap at the bottom, I'm still hugely confident with staying up. The What I saw on the pitch was a team that clearly, clearly has the confidence and the self-belief to stay up. And that's transmitted from the pitch to the fans and vice versa. I think there's just this genuine feeling of love going both ways. And we are going to be all right. 
I wish I'd had your confidence in the second half, Norman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I spent pretty much the last 40 minutes thinking, fuck, 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 like there's something coming here. Yeah. Um, but no, you're spot on in terms of the situation. I mean, it just, it feels unbelievable. Like what, what, it's amazing what two results can do for you. Just, I mean, obviously I know we've obviously beaten Leeds as well, but like um, just Everton and Villa were, were two winnable games, but like a couple of weeks ago, they said uh, really tough. We'll probably take a couple of draws out of them, maybe just because Villa seemed to be playing well under Gerard. Um, Everton, although they've been in free fall and been playing shocking, and that would have been probably the one that you would have um, kind of been been hoping for a win on. Like they, they've still got some good players, um, but we've like we've batted Everton. Like they weren't even in the game, even despite taking the lead. Like we hit back so quickly and. There's some characteristics of this team that we just haven't seen from your cast team for so long. Things like the immediate reaction, like um, obviously the I mean the Everton game scoring three goals at home like just doesn't happen that often. I know we did it against Brightford obviously earlier in the year, but um, it just looks so like everything just seems to be coming together. Um, and you've got to give credit to all the playing staff, all the coaching staff, like this unit and the the, the business that we've done in um, in January especially as well. Like uh, I, I saw um, people kind of doubting some of the signs, but like they've, they've all come in and, and hit the ground running, and um, none more so than than Trippier, and, and then obviously Burn making his debut yesterday. I thought it was brilliant, but I'm sure we'll come on in a bit. We certainly will. You you make the point there about this Newcastle team doing things that this Newcastle team don't normally do, and I'd say this this Newcastle team in this relegation battle doing t- doing things that are. A team in a relegation battle no, I don't only really do for example like you said Emil um, winning two games in a week you know they said we couldn't beat anyone they said we were a soft touch and they were right <laughs> for long periods <laughs> they were right <laughs> but not anymore not anymore and and I, and I think about yesterday and you know what it was an absolutely shocking game of football that's just that you know don't care but it was you know like fair play to Gary Neville that clip doing the rounds of him afterwards in St James's Park is the best it's been in however many years and he's absolutely 100% correct but it was a shocking game of football he's got to talk to the crowd because it's now a talk about from <laughs> from the game not that we care about that but I, I look at what Newcastle United did yesterday and, and, and several things jump out okay uh, number one we've won that game in the second half of that game and for the foreseeable future we don't have our two best players Callum Wilson and Keane Trippier we lose two fullbacks both fullbacks during the game there's a list of excuses the ref is absolutely shocking in my opinion mm-hmm. there's a list of excuses there that I think this team in the past and the, the previous manager would have taken. Bang, both fullbacks out. There's an excuse. Not our fault. If only if only this had happened. No, they grounded out. Um, the fact that, you know, Aston Villa have come to town, like you say, in decent form under Stephen Gerrard, like you say, Ben. Uh, the fact that they've, they've decided to play all their fast lads, all their good lads in the middle of the park, and Buendia, Coutinho, Ramsey, Watkins, you know, those four with, with McGinn, and um, the Brazilian lad. There's so many Brazilians at the pitch at one point. Yes, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know who was who because um, there's so much talent in terms of like you know. You look at Bruno coming on. Look at Joe Linton coming on. Their lad Costa, I think, was absolutely. You know, he's probably one of their better players. Um, so ultimately, I feel like this team is doing things that it it wouldn't. You wouldn't normally see a team in a relegation battle doing. And you talk about the new signings there, mate. You know, even Chris Wood, by the way, who's still getting a little bit of stick, um, he hasn't tasted defeat yet. In fact, if you look at the four league games he's played, if, if, only for like one header in the eighth minute against Watford, he'd be sat here on four wins in a row. Not bad, is it, for a player some people say isn't good enough and, and can't win. I don't think lots of people say that, but a really, really, really good win. We did it the hard way. 
we have lost six less games than Watford this season. Six less games. In fact, in the whole of the top half of the table, only Villa, Leicester, with one one defeat less than us, and hilariously Burnley, who have lost the fewest games in the top half of the Premier League. There's a quiz question in future seasons. <laughs> bottom half, you mean? Yeah, bottom half of the Premier League. What the fuck's going on at Burnley? I don't know. I don't care. Um, it's just, I feel like how is building a team full of, like, as Mick Martin would say, fast, hard, ruthless bastards who disrupt the opposition who are now just really, really hard to beat. And the fact that they came through all of this in adversity, like as much as anything else, that makes me tremendously confident for the future, Ben. The, I mean, the big thing for me is, is you, you just said it there, we've, we've won two of the games without particularly playing like as well as we're, we're capable of doing. I mean, Leeds' performance was two pretty average sides, kind of, and, and, and we got the... The, obviously the, the goal in that one and then again yesterday I thought uh, as you say it wasn't a great game but but we've, we've won kind of the key points and I mean <laughs> you, you did mention top half there accidentally but we're only eight points behind Southampton now in 10 <laughs> that's that's the fucking aim I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do I, I spoke to a lot of the fans afterwards and everyone was just in agreement that it doesn't really matter if the performance wasn't exactly the most entertaining and like you say really were shaky towards the, the end of the, the match uh, the fact that they had the ball in the nets and, and the VAR farce that went on with how long that took I mean it's just it's hilarious by the way oh yeah absolutely I mean it's um, I don't care how offside they are if that goes our favour it's brilliant and and what one of the other things I know that um, the ref did have quite a few times where you have to have, have, to have words with uh, our players and theirs and I think it was it almost turned into like a, a good old uh, South American shithousery match yeah. like it was just there was so much going on there was people having a go at each other in the box uh, Douglas Louise was getting on Manquillo's case and, and Buendia was having a go at him I just I was like this is this is great and, and yeah I'm sure Mick really enjoyed it as well <laughs> the, um, the goal's really funny for lots of reasons uh, on the True Faith Match Day podcast, which Pete Davey recorded yesterday, uh, you'll hear on the audio, parents will hear, when the goal goes in, there are lads in the corner behind them saying, like, even when it first goes in, like, I know that's offside, that's definitely offside, it's offside a mile. It's like, some vision you've got, mate, from the corner, <laughs> if you can see Ollie Watkins' kneecap <laughs> in an offside position beyond Emil Kraft, though that was quite funny. Um, you know, I'll say now, I think that's a little shite, I think that's a goal, but we'll take it. We will take it. We've, you know, it's a nice little bit of symmetry there. We went down to Villa. Me and Norman were in the away end at Villa. Callum Wilson goes and gets almost decapitated by their keeper. And then a similarly unbelievably tight offside call prevents the, the penalty from being given. So nice little bit of equalisation there uh, towards those bastards, Norman. I'd also say the in and out of the air quotes injustices this season. Ryan Frears have been cleaned out for a clear penalty against Man City at home. Mike Dean basically assisting Trent by jumping in the way of our players to see Liverpool score. So uh, swings and roundabouts, Reid. Um, it's interesting that we've mentioned that the performances against Leeds and Villa weren't necessarily ideal or perfect, right? But you know what? You know what? We still play better than the opposition, right? That's the thing. So uh, all right, we didn't play free flowing attacking football where we dominated games, but we played better than both those teams. Leeds early on maybe had a bit of pressure, but I still think we were the better side. Villa for all the huff and puff yesterday in our possession. Gerald said as much at the end of the game, they didn't deserve anything from it. So I'm quite happy seeing Newcastle United not playing fantastically well, but still being better than the opposition because that suggests that when we are on song, we'll be absolutely superb. What we did yesterday was we completely and utterly stopped Aston Villa from playing. So okay, we weren't playing great. 
But my God, they got nothing from us. We dominated every aspect of the park. That's again, I'm watching it on TV, right? So your vantage point's very different. You're only seeing really where the ball is. But from what I saw, we controlled that game. I may well be wrong, but um, I'm pretty pleased going forward with us winning games where we're playing better than the opposition, regardless of how we play. I totally agree, mate. I totally agree. And look, these are the kind of games and the kind of wins that teams at the bottom of the league can't grind out. That's what teams who have won as infrequently as we have and our relegation candidate uh, colleagues this season, they can't win games like that. They can't win the games when you only have one real chance or two real chances. And, you know, clean sheet for Martin Dubravka. We're going to talk about the defence in a bit in terms of some of the personnel and how that went. But, you know, it's not even like Newcastle are conceding goals at the minute. We're not even conceding chances. Yeah. You know, you look at the Man United game, Dubravka hardly makes a save. The Leeds game, uh, Dubravka makes kind of one big save. Uh, Watford, a couple of saves from Dubravka there, but nothing major. Uh, someone else, who else would be? Everton hardly has to make a save and then doesn't have to make a save pretty much against Villa. That That is, you, do you remember Steve Bruce said this team could not play a back four. Yeah. Couldn't do it. I mean, he said a lot of things, Steve, we shouldn't have time to go in them all. But that one, that that kind of, you know, really, really is rammed home at the minute. The said Eddie Howe could not organise a defence. I would say Newcastle United currently have the best organised defence in the bottom half of the Premier League at the minute, Emil. Yeah, I mean, and how many times on this podcast have, have we said that Dubravka has made a few errors, but we've always said that the reason that Dubravka gets forced into those errors is because of the, the individual mistakes that, that, that seem to like flood the defence. Now we've actually got some, well, three players who've had a, a brilliant start to their time at, at Newcastle, uh, including Matt Target in that as well. Uh, obviously, Trippy is now the king of the city and, and Dan Byrne is, is just great doing that job, but it does feel like... You know, we've we've got that that line of defence. I know it sounds really weird for a football team, but it feels like we've actually got that that final line that teams are struggling to get through, which is allowing our keeper to to when he needs to do do the business. And I, I think that he was he was forced into a few saves yesterday, and it went all right. But Villa just did not look like they could finish off any of their advances. I mean, the the big thing for me is, is so take obviously we finished the the, the game yesterday with we obviously trip yeah off off the pitch, but. Only Wood and Burn are the only two additions that finished that game yesterday. And um, as you said, as kind of alluding to, to what Bruce has said about this, this team can't play back four. Like a lot of these players have kind of been written off. I mean, Joe Willock has come back in at the side and looks completely different in terms of he, he looks like the player we had we, we we got last last season, second half of last season. Um, he's completely turned around, kind of his career, and it, it, it it's probably a bit of a harsh one that he, he kind of a, a lot of people were doubting him this earlier on this season just saying he just looked shot and, and I was I was one of those like it just did not look um like like he literally looked like he'd forgotten how to play <laughs> at times. And yet the transformation from that second half against Leeds um and probably is just an element of he's, he's getting some game time and, and getting to play with a team with a bit more confidence. Like he's he he looks like a the quality player that we, we spent twenty million on again. Um Shaw again has had two massive games. Um, I think the last couple of weeks. Well, we'll come on. Um, we'll come on to them. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about the defense as a whole. So what I'll do, Ben, is um, is 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 leave it there for now. We're gonna leave you, the listeners, with a couple of adverts. Like I said earlier, six pound sixty a month on our parent platform. There's a link to that in this podcast description wherever you're listening. And we'll be back straight after these messages to talk about the defense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And you started waxing lyrical about Fabian Shaw there and about the improvement of players, and I think that's a really good point. But one of the first things I think you want to talk about, and I know Emil wants to talk about, is the debut, and what a debut, a clean sheet debut. I don't know what people are calling him. Some people are calling him the Blythe Bonucci. Some people are saying he's <laughs> he's now finally taken that crown, the Steve Bruce-esque crown of Big Dan Byrne. Like, <laughs> you know, Big Joe, Big Dan, Big Paul. Big Big Dan is so big. Is he not Big Big? Biggest Dan Burn, I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, bigger Dan Bigger. I is don't that know. a Monty Python <laughs> reference? Biggest, uh, biggest Dan Burn. No. It can be to make me so uncultured. Yeah. <laughs> you, you take this point wherever you want, mate. Ben, go on. You're away. <laughs> no, I think. I mean that that was one of the most like dominant um, displays I've seen at, at St James in a long, long time, um, and especially against a, and you would say in a difficult game where um, Villa. I mean, with, um, what's called Watkins is 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 a Good player, he's quick. Um, has 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 had a good season. You've got Coutinho and Buendia, as you say, they've got a lot of quality in that team. Um, and they literally could not get a foothold in that game. Um, obviously, it helps being six foot, whatever he is, um, just win everything in the air. But even the the the, the balls in to 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 feet or um, kind of the, the balls where it was kind of fifty fifty, he won everything. And it's very rare that you see someone just dominate someone and just basically keep someone out of the game. Um, and the big thing for me is he, he just looks assured on the ball. And I think the difference with him and Shaw is they're both comfortable collecting the ball now and and, and, and playing. And they, they didn't have to play anything particularly um, expansive yesterday. There wasn't any kind of amazing 30, 40 yard passes or anything like that, but they just look comfortable on the ball and it just doesn't give like a sniff to the to the opposition. Like obviously a lot of teams play like a high press inside where they put put players under pressure and we've seen that Newcastle have crumbled at times where where teams have put them under pressure. There was none of that yesterday, um I didn't think and um just I I think he he just looks like he's got everything around as I say for thirteen million is an absolute snip. I mean I hope I hope he can continue in that form but I mean, you, you compare him to someone like Harry Maguire. I mean, that is what Harry, Harry Maguire dreams of being. Like, that dominant in the air, being able to actually read a football game, being good on the ball. Like, 
he, he just looks class. And um, as I say, it's obviously only one game, but like if he keeps that up, what a signing and, and a huge kind of building block. It feels like we've fixed our defence for, for a, a small amount of money. That's that's the main thing. Like you say, 13 for, for Burn, Trippier for 12, and a, and a, and a good loan from, from Target. Um, I mean... Villa, Villa might need him, <laughs> might need him back at the rate that they're going if, if they start to peter out. But yeah, I mean, I'm just thrilled for Burn. Um, I've been really impressed with with all of his interviews, with the way that the the club have, you know, done that whole, this is the return, you're back. Um, the interview where he was sat in his old seat, I think, in the East Stand. It's just, it's nice little bits of nostalgia like that that can instantly endear to a to a fellow player um as a fellow player like I'm playing the same no 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 a fellow fellow northeasterner um I mean walking into the stadium just saying our reach to the camera it's like it's just nice to see um this team full of Geordies that, that you're after Alex is, is slowly coming together um Matt Target likes Geordie Shaw but that, that's the closest <laughs> we're gonna get um I'm just buzzing that we've got a player that you you knew was gonna hit the ground running and and absolutely delivered um his headers were, were brilliant. Um, both ends of the pitch, we've got we've got a tall lad who can hold the ball up now and, and, and it works. Um, it's just class, isn't it? It's great to see. One of the things which uh, impressed me about Burn, and this I think is very important in terms of the way they did the recruitment, because we assume, well, I definitely assume that Burn was brought in because of the failure to bring in the two high-profile centre-back targets, during the journey transfer window, they were appreciated on the ball. He was very good. He was very good of, of, of who was around him. He didn't give the ball away. He was calm under pressure. He was dominant, like you say, Ben. But this lad's played a lot of football league football. This lad's played Premier League football. I um, was massively impressed with just how simple he kept it at times. There was nothing uh, complicated. There were times when he wasn't under tremendous pressure and he still just had the ball out of play. He, he, he knew what was around him. He knew... He knew what the percentages were of success of trying to play something down the line or trying to find a player. And he was just... This this is going to feed into a wider point that I was going to make later, but I'll make now. Everyone in the team, to me, knows their role. Every every single player who played yesterday knew what they were supposed to do, how were they supposed to do it, when they were supposed to do it. And I think that's the influence of the coaching staff. And I think it's the influence of a more professional working environment. You know, much has been made in the last couple of weeks about how has transformed the training ground. Chris Woff and George Colton did a fantastic piece in The Athletic, which I'd urge everyone to listen uh, to to read uh, if you're a, a subscriber. Um, but that talks about the incremental changes, how was tried to make away from the training pitch as well as on the training pitch. We look like a professional outfit for the first time since Rafa Benitez was here. And that's why we've been able to stay in games. That's why we've been able to win these kind of tightly congested uh, games uh, that, that don't have a lot of chances. And that bodes very, very well for the future for me anyway. Norman, I'd like to talk about um, the midfield now. Uh, we're kind of moving through the team here. We've talked about Martin Bracker. Got fuck all to do. So well done, Martin. Thanks for coming. Uh, Chris Wood, we've said, uh, keep him in the team. Obviously, he plays because there's no one else. But lovely that he just seems to we seem to win every game with him in. Uh, what would you like to say, Norman, about Newcastle's midfield yesterday? Well, before I dive into that, mate, I do have to cut a couple of things now that pop in my head about, um, about the centre-halves. In terms of fees, I think Fabian Shea cost £3.5 So we had like, we had like, what, £16.5 million? Center half pairing yesterday, and that was probably the best defensive performance of the whole weekend. Um, I was I watched a lot of football. Um, what I was also particularly impressed with was in the first half they didn't really have a lot to do. Dan was um, Dan Byrne was excellent on the ball, as you as you see. Shea always is. You're right; he keeps it simple. He's been working on a Graham Potter for a couple of years now. You could see that, right? You could see that he's confidence in passing the ball. 
what you might not have seen in the stadium as well is he's very mouthy. He talks a lot. So there was a lot of um, pointing, a lot of getting people, cajoling people into position. There's a lot of um, chatting on other players' ears. So he's obviously confident, right? He's got those leadership qualities that that trip has brought to the team as well. That comes with experience. Um, so just everything about him was great. And what was really impressive was the second half, when we lost both more fullbacks, that's when Villa started really utilising the flanks and they were starting to get balls in the box a lot more and Burning Shea just stepped up the plate. Absolutely stepped up the plate. Fantastic. But but I, the, the teams are some of its parts, right? So as good as the defence has been lately, that's also down to the fact that the midfield has been absolutely outstanding. The amount of ground the midfield three are covering, and I'm including Shelby in that because his fitness has gone through the roof. Shelby, Joe Linton and Willock yesterday, the graft they put in, the space that they closed down, the tackles that they put in, the harassing that they do is fantastic. You look at you look at Villa yesterday. Coutinho barely had a game. There were points you didn't even know he was in the park because he was given absolutely no space whatsoever. Joe Linton was throwing himself into challenges, but in a good way. He only got he got one yellow card, but he was using his power, he was using his determination, and it paid off the fantastic effect. What it also did was it meant that McGinn got pushed right back. He couldn't he couldn't do anything. He couldn't dictate the play at all. As I say, the same thing happened with Coutinho. And then you've got um, Fraser on the right-hand side. And I would say Maximan to a certain extent as well because of the amount of running that he does against the back line, but also the graph Fraser put in. That meant that they just didn't really have any space to work in. They had lots of the ball, but they couldn't do anything with it because there weren't any options on. We kept closing them down. And that obviously has the not-run effect of, um, of making my defence a lot more solid as well because really we're not, we're not conceding that much territory. So... All in all, um, Gestalt, the uh, the team is the, the the whole is the sum of its parts, mate. Absolutely fantastic. I'm loving the communication as well. Norman made a really good point there about the the fact that you know that the, it's chatting to each other, um, they're in each other's ears, and, and there's a real unity there which we haven't seen for for some time. That there's a pure belief, and it kind of goes back to what I said at the start that the players themselves probably don't see this now as a, as a relegation fight as much. We saw that when we saw the video of Bruno going into the dressing room. That there just seems to be a, a huge good feeling, and the pictures of uh, Dubravka and Cher and Dan Byrne hugging at the end. I thought that was amazing and I don't know if you have watched the the goals a lot over the last few days I mean it's, it's what I've been doing for the entire week lads but the celebrations are really wholesome like you've got them all congratulating each other I think that Cher when Trippier put his uh, first free kick of the week in he was you know like high-fiving him and stuff like that and I was like these lads have barely got to know each other in a, in a very short space of time but this is almost as if I mean Trippier especially feels like he's been here for about 10 years and that is the best part of it for me um, we saw it when he when he put it in once again um, Chris Wood was having a little joke with him and, and Kieran Trippier's got his little secret handshake with Joe Linton when he bows to him which I think is amazing there's just a really good feeling and that's got to be almost like a not not just a 12th man but a 13th man the fact that they're all working in unison yeah it is great to see it's it's a team spirit that we haven't seen in a long time i think on the midfield uh norman made some really good points um i think first of all Newcastle, like i said at the top of the show uh were a soft touch were easy to play against that midfield playing in the way that they do is not easy to play against their work off the ball is sensational as much as the, the stuff on the ball. In fact, it's um, it's even better off the ball, I think. How many interceptions yesterday? That 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 doesn't happen by accident. That's that's our three-man midfield, knowing where to stand, knowing where to be, knowing where to run. And understanding, like Norman says, with centre-backs about cutting in the ball, covering men, they just must be horrible, horrible to play against. 
horrible to play against. You've constantly got Joe Willock snapping at your heels. You've got John Joe Heiner's like arse in front of your <laughs> hips to like to shield the ball. You've got Joe Linton just like all over you, constantly all game, breathing down the back of the back of your neck. Just must be absolutely wretched to play against those three in the form that they're in, with the crowd on your back, pissing down Moraine yesterday at St James's Park. Like and I think you could tell, you know, a lot of Villa fans I've tried to look at some of the the Villa reaction to this and a lot of Villa fans were kind of saying like Coutinho and, and, and Brandria just just weren't at the races but it, I don't think it's just a case of oh bit of an off day I don't think it's a lack of effort from them they just couldn't they just, there wasn't a moment where either of them collected the ball that they didn't have one of our three snapping at them Ben it was the physicality wasn't it I mean Joe Linton's a, a big bastard as you, you said <laughs> earlier um, but even as you say Willock who's not particularly physically imposing like just was everywhere, just as you say, snapping. Like, I mean, they, they literally played like they've got four legs in terms of like, they're just, you can't turn either way. I mean, Buendia and, and Coutinho are known for kind of the dribbling and, and kind of quick, quick turnings. It didn't matter which way they turned, there was a foot there nicking the ball off them. And if, 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 the, and you, you mentioned the rep before, if there was a decent ref going, yeah, like it would have been more comfortable because he was literally giving them free kicks for, for now, um, constantly in the second half. But, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's unbelievable that it's, you've got, as I say, three players there in Shelby, Joe Linton and, and Willick who um, just, they, they, they've they come on so much in such a short time um, where the, the three of those players were at the beginning of the year, you were kind of thinking like, these aren't good enough. These these aren't, they're not going to gonna do anything. And yet they're probably three of the form players in the league, uh, the way they're playing at the minute. Um, and the fact that, I know obviously there's, there's other um, reasons why Bruno's not come in, but like, you you wouldn't want to break them up. You wouldn't want to bring as good as Bruno will be. I'm sure, and obviously he'll be embedded in. But like it, it's strange to say it doesn't feel like we need a, this forty million pound like world class like Brazilian national coming. Like these three lads are, are doing the job as it is. Um, and as you say, in a big and shout out to Fraser as well. As you say, um, like just the graft that, and I would include him with the other three. Maximan, I think, still needs to work a bit harder, but like he, he just saves you all his energy for the attacking side of things. Um, but the, the the other four like just literally run themselves into the ground and it's high Chris wouldn't there, mate? You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, that that's it. Like they just do not leave any space for anyone. Like they just don't allow players to time on the ball. And especially as I say, that Villa midfield is like really. Good. I mean, Ramsey is is looks a really good player. Like really energetic. Like covers every blade of grass. I, like again just didn't really impact the game at all yesterday and then two two of the most creative players supposedly in, in Coutinho and in Buendia just had absolutely nothing and that you've just got to give so much credit uh, to these lads that they've, they've, they've done that to a really good team I loved how rattled Dina was as well by the way because uh, you could tell people just getting on his back and it was like you know what you turned us down and, and look at you now can't do a thing you know what the um, one of the complaints that we made regularly under the previous manager was the gap between Wilson isolated or Maximin isolated in the rest of the team. There was always this huge space in the centre of the park for the opposition to exploit. And now you look, you look at the Leeds goals against, uh, sorry, the Villa goals against Leeds, only, only three days earlier, right? Coutinho basically murdered around sort of 30 yards on two of them. And he plays through Ramsey, who has all this space to run in behind defenders and get on the ball. Villa must have gone into that game thinking, more of this, please, more of the same. And we just absolutely and utterly stopped them doing that. They couldn't, I don't recall Coutinho running with the ball once for more than probably five yards. As a, as Ben says, Ramsey could not get in behind. It was 
It was very, very well done. And Alex, you mentioned Villa fans obviously saying they didn't play particularly well. Coutinho disappeared when Dia did. It's interesting because a Villa fan who did a podcast with us the other day, Froggy, he messaged me and said, this is the worst we've played all season. And I said, I think it's because we've just stopped you playing well. I don't think it's necessarily Villa being terrible. I think we just completely stopped them playing. And final point I would make is the midfield especially, but all the team, what we have started doing, and this is fantastic, is we've started playing like a Premier League side in terms of giving fouls are in the right part of the park. If, for for example, yesterday, when we were attacking the second half, we knew we were under the cosh a little bit because our full-backs had been taken off. It upsets the balance of the side. The players that come on aren't as good as the ones that have gone off. But every time, let's say we had a corner, a little bit of pressure, they tried to break forward. They tried to get those players like Buendia and Coutinho and Morton on the ball. We just fouled them. We just fouled them and wrote them down. We took a few yellow cards, but so what? It's part of the modern game and it's brilliant to see and it's something that we've thrown at Newcastle for years is we're too soft. We don't have players who are getting the referees here. We don't have players who are getting the opposition players here, other than Fabian Che, who's been doing it well for years, obviously. And we don't have players who are willing to take a booking for the team or, to, or to, to put in a bit of a naughty tackle or a naughty challenge in the right part of the pitch, as opposed to, let's say, a couple of years ago where Shelby might have done it on the edge of his own box. It's now happening in their half, in the right place. And the thing is, you've got less chance of getting booked when you're doing it there. You break up any potential move that they've got. And if you do get booked, it's later on in the game, so it doesn't really matter. It's um, it's brilliant to see, and it's something that Howe's really good at because his Bournemouth team were always quite good at the dark arts. And I said this to the on-prem, Patter, Howe knows what he's doing. You don't have Philip Billen and Lerma in the centre midfield if you don't like to do a little bit of shit. How's he now and again? <laughs> I totally agree. And there's some interesting points made by all. Ben, your point about Bruno, it, it I have not seen enough of Bruno so far to know that he he's the, what kind of player he is really but you just look at the three that are there and, and to Norman's point about being streetwise about about picking up bookings at the right time or pulling back players or, or committing fouls Dan Byrne did that yesterday by the way he got a, he got a harsh booking um, but the referee was basically you know when that referee points like you know various points of the pitch where you've done your repeated fouls the referee like pointed all across the opposite half of the fields because Bar- Burn when he was getting forward was committing his fouls in their half, um, so that it was nowhere near our goal and it was time to get back. And you, you Norman, you know, to further your point again, and you watched it on TV, so I don't know whether this came across as, as much as it did for, for me in the, the ground. Little things like picking the ball up, carrying it away. Um, you know, there was a really funny moment, I think, between um, Fabian Shaw and um, Kieran Trippier in the first half, and then Shaw and Kraft, where basically, you know, it was Ramsey both times, I think, trying to pick the ball up, and you know not get to him, not get to him, lift your foot up, let the ball go behind, round up the Villa players loads. But like you say, Norman, it's, it's just the kind of shit how we do that we haven't seen from our side. To be fair, like how many 1-0 leads have we had to protect <laughs> before before how came in? Or, you know, it's uh, it's always been a case of we'll give the opposition 25 shots and then we'll score one on the counter-attack. But that was, a, that was a serious three points yesterday. It was a serious three points. And question for you lads to ponder. From what we've seen so far... I'm not sure I'd want anyone else in charge of this team right now. And that's that's praise coming from me, who doubted how a little bit after that, the Watford and Cambridge debacle. I was I, I didn't think he needed sacks. I didn't even think he was going to take us down, but I thought what we'd seen was regression in those two fixtures in particular. And what we've seen since that is kind of extreme progress. And, and I am very confident that the longer that Howe and Tyndall and the rest of the coaching staff work with the players the better they're going to become because some of the transform- transformations that we've seen from Newcastle players is just extraordinary. It really is. I just I just can't get over it. You, you, you guys will know who I'm talking about. You're Joe Linton, 
you know, even Emil Kraft got a bit of stick on social media, but I thought he came in and did really well. Yes, he gave away the ball for the, the disallowed goal, but, uh, you know, when, when we lost both fullbacks for Kraft to come in, he did what he, he kind of continued um, where he lost, uh, left off against Manchester United. Um, you know, there's just John Joe Shelby. You know, I could keep naming players. Ben, you picked out Joe Willock before. I completely agree. I thought Willock was brilliant yesterday. I really did. I thought he got around the pitch, as he always does, uh, really, really well, Norman, mate. Absolutely. I'll back every decision he makes in terms of the lineup. Uh like how he's got the team playing in a 4-3-3 system that we were a little bit sceptical about. But ultimately, it's really starting to bed in now. As I say, the midfield, I thought the midfield three especially were absolutely outstanding yesterday. I think what I've noticed above and beyond anything else, I mean, look, the organisation that is there, but it's it's the fitness. The fitness is absolutely through the roof. We are looking, to me, like one of the fittest teams in the league at the minute. When when you've got Maxi against Everton in the 90th minute, still motoring away, something's happened there. Ryan Fraser's physique is changed beyond belief. The players just look more muscular Lena and I mean even even Shelby Shelby's looking like a completely different person because as I see his physique's changed and I really I think Hell is very much part of the the Graham Potter I suppose you throw Brendan Rogers and he's struggling a bit at the moment the new breed of of English manager who's steeped in the the sort of European South American way of of coaching and he just wants to learn all the time and I love his presence on the sideline as well I think him and Tyndall in tandem together is is wonderful to watch. He's, it's like he's calm, but, but at the same time you can see that he's really on edge. And it, but it, it's in a good way. It doesn't look like he's, he's panicking or he's overreacting. He's just he's just in the game very much. And also, what I will say one more thing is, I think Jason Tyndall's here. That it goes higher every time we win. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> but if we get the five wins, it's going to be getting to the stage where someone behind him is not going to be able to see on the pitch because it's getting big. Like, and I back it. Uh, Norman, this this may not surprise you. Well, me and Charlotte have just recorded our YouTube show that we do called TFTV, and we managed to reference both Jason Tindall's hair, the height of it, and the fact that somehow these players are getting taller. Like every every time you see them step <laughs> onto the pitch, like you don't know if there's hormone treatment going on. I'm sure there isn't. You know, someone's give Lionel Messi a ring from like 2003 or something, but we'll not. Just go quickly, there. Alex, I tell you what, I will say. Do you remember we went to, to Old Trafford back in 2017? I think it was maybe I, late 2017. I do, I do. Oh, wonderful. That team, that was like that looked like men against boys. I look at that Newcastle team yesterday, up against that Villa side, up against that Everton side, and we are more than a match for any side now in terms of just how physical we look. And it's 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 a sight to behold. We've got some we've got some power in that team, and it's uh, it's just beautiful, isn't it? It is. Let's let's move to the final part of the show then, uh, Ben. I'll ask you, mate. Emil said he thinks that the the players and uh, Eddie Howe are almost looking up rather than down and, and maybe are beyond the relegation battle now. Newcastle four points clear with a game in hand. Uh, but key injuries now, particularly to Kieran Trippier. What do you think in terms of the relegation battle? Do you agree with me that the players are, are, are kind of thinking we've done it or do you think there's a lot of hard work to be done yet? I mean, there's still a lot of hard work, but I, I, I do agree on that. I mean, I, I made the joke about we're only eight points behind Southampton, <laughs> but like the reality is... is it's only three more games. Yeah, we've, we've, won, we've taken nine points in, in the last three, so... Um, and, and do you know the funny thing is, is there's a lot of teams are kind of coming into this. That last season in the Premier League, there was some weird periods where just everyone was beating everyone and like nobody really had any consistency. Like if we can find consistency at this point and you can see again, like team, I mean, Leeds, Villa was just such an open game, finished 3-3. Obviously, at the Dunford and saw Leicester game yesterday, 2-0 West Ham. Like, there's, there's a lot more points for us to gain. Um, 
just if we can remain consistent and remain difficult to beat. Um, and 100%, I think, we've got it. And do you know what? We've brought in these players. These players haven't come in for a relegation scrap. Kieran Trippier hasn't signed up for a relegation scrap. That's what he found himself in. But he will be thinking, like, I mean, I, th- I think all of them will be thinking, like, we'll just get this season done and dusted. We're, we're, we're basically, I think we're safe now. And I think this is a case of building towards next season and, and building on for the future and, and trying to get in a challenge in the top half. And um, 100% agree, I think, Everything that we've done, and just again, I mean, <laughs> you, you've talked there about how, I mean, it's just the professionalism, isn't it? Like, that's just the, the big thing is that it's a professional outfit now. It, um, we've, we've, we've been updated, like, I mean, under Ashley, it felt it always felt like we were kind of back in the dark ages a bit. Everything was under-resourced, everything was kind of old and decrepit, even the manager. Um, and we've, we've, we've kind of been brought into the modern age now, like with a brand new manager, shiny new signings and, and everything's going the right way and building towards something and that's the key and I think as as, as you say that part of that is is, is being ambitious and, and saying do you know what like we want these players to, to think big and dream big and um, I, I think yeah I, I 100% agree that this is a case of now of putting a market down for next year um, and, and be going and beating these teams and battling some of these teams that hopefully we're going to be better than next year I don't doubt the players will be looking up because I think there's a lot of confidence there at the minute. And as you say, you've got players in like Kane Trippier who hasn't come in for a relegation battle. However, we are only four points above the relegation zone. We're fourth bottom and there are still quite a few games to go. So I think that professionalism you mentioned from how I don't think for one second he and Tyndall will allow the confidence within the dressing room to get to the point where it becomes a form of a form of um like arrogance maybe not the right word, but form of overconfidence, let's say I don't think I don't think anyone will be overconfident. And obviously, the Trippier injury is, and I don't think I'm exaggerating yet, it's a huge blow. It is a huge blow, right? Because he has completely transformed the side in many ways. But one way is his leadership is outstanding. The presence on the pitch, the positional sense, the organising of the players, the, the, the fact that he's clearly had this kind of impact that has, has bonded players to him straight away. And for as okay as Emil Kraft has been since he came in, the comp- there's just no comparison. The thing is, Kraft does have a mistake in him every game, but let's say he doesn't even make a mistake, right? He doesn't offer that leadership. He doesn't offer that experience. He doesn't offer that awe. When other players see Emil Kraft in a Newcastle shirt, they're not in awe of him. They don't fear him. Players on opposition teams on the left-hand side of the pitch, anyone on the pitch, going near Kieran Trippier, they fear him. Kieran Trippier gets a, a chance to take a free kick. Teams fear him. That doesn't happen with Emil Kraft, unfortunately. So as much as he may well have improved, the the difference, the gulf between the two of them in terms of their ability and just what they offer all around is huge. So I'm, I, am, I am very concerned that it's a long-term injury. I think we're going to see against West Ham away against a good side pushing for the Champions League. Trippier's experience in those kind of games against those kind of teams is going to be sorely missed. So I am very nervous. And I think that injury has probably maybe just kind of refocused people ever so slightly in the squad. It's like, oh, we're flying, we're flying. Trippier gets injured. It might just bring a few little people back down to earth and maybe it'll keep them on their toes a bit longer. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the big thing for me is is, is you, you do it, look at, at the players. I mean, compare the, the, the teams. I mean, We've got a £40 million and a £20 million midfield there. 
Willick has come from Arsenal, um, like has has played a number of games for Arsenal as well. It's not as if he's like he's just a, a reserve that's never seen the the light of day of the first team. Like there's some good players in there that just haven't reached their their potential, but the that's the reality is, is that we put a good few uh, few signings around and and some plug, plug some gaps which we've done with Trippier and, and Burn. Even Target, as I say, Target was brilliant last week. Like the the, the we are we do we should have on paper a better team than a lot of the teams that are above us. I mean Brentford, Leeds. Like we, we, I, I do believe when we're firing on all cylinders. We've got better teams in some of these. Yes, they're very well coached and, and they kind of make up their deficiencies in other ways. But if we can kind of get up to a level with them, and that's, we've already talked about the physicality and all that sort of stuff, like get level on terms with them, then we've we've got the better ability in our team, I think. So I hope 100% that they've got to be looking at, at, at um, just upwards and, and sort of looking to, to build for, for next year. Well said, lads. Uh, big game next weekend. Newcastle go to West Ham, who currently lie fourth in the Premier League, so that's a really hard game. Myself and Norman will be at that fixture, so we're looking forward to that. We've got a live event in London on the Friday night with the Athletics' George Colkin joining myself, Norman and Charlotte for that. There are less than five tickets left, I believe. So if you want to come, you need to buy a ticket pretty quick. Uh, and yeah, like everything is I said, momentum is the key word. We have lots of it. All of our rivals have none. There's still a long way to go in this Premier League season, I think Eddie Howe and the players will be just be looking for the kind of 36, 38 points. Let's get there. Let's celebrate it when we've got there. The last three wins, what, and I don't know, leads away, feels like a lifetime ago, was it the 21st of, 22nd of January, so about three weeks ago now. Um, you know, the, the, the table has been transformed. Newcastle's uh, fortunes have been transformed in a number of ways. We have to keep that going. West Ham's a hard game. Then we'll go to Brentford. We're currently three points behind Brentford with two games in hand. Like you say, Ben, can we, by the time we play Brentford, can we go level with them or really pull them back into this? Because the teams are the teams out there who have won two games in 17, two games in 13, one game in 15, and there are several of them in the bottom half of the Premier League. Newcastle United are coming for you, I firmly believe. Newcastle United have won three games in a row. Keep saying it. It sounds good. We'll be back, myself and Norman, and maybe a couple of others after Newcastle United play West Ham. Speak to you all then. Ta-da. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.